Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is True News, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help us God. I'm Rick Wiles, and today is Wednesday, February 28, 2024. We are in Barcelona, Spain, attending the Mobile World Congress 2024, the uh, world gathering of the telecom industry. There are 95,000 people gathered here, and you might be wondering, why is True News attending a mobile telephone conference, and it's for this reason. Think of think of the mobile phone industry as the, the nerve system of the new world order. They cannot build a new world. Everything that Klaus Schwab wants to do, everything that the, that the globalists seek to, to build, basically it's got to be built on the infrastructure that's that's being built out by the phone companies around the world. And that's why we're here. Uh, we come to these events to learn, to hear what's going on, uh, to get an idea of where the world is headed, and to give you an update so that you're five to ten years ahead of your friends and neighbors and and relatives. Uh, you know, I'll remind you again, the first time that Paul Benson and I were here, this 2017, and on our very first day, they were talking about the global brain to be built by the year 2030. They were talking about robots and smart cities and uh, uh, all kinds of things that sounded like science fiction. But we're living in that science fiction world already. And so that's why we've come back to Barcelona. I haven't been here since 2019. With me is our co-host, Doc Burkhart. And Paul Benson, a regular member of our staff, and joining us this week for the first time is Bo Davison. So we're glad to have Bo with us. Um, Alex is not here right now. Alex Romero uh, is uh, is not with us. He'll be back here tomorrow. But he's another new member of our team, and uh, he's uh, he's gathering information that uh, will be presented tomorrow. So, guys, I want to ask you, give me one, two, or three words that's the most important thing that you heard today uh doc i'll start with you well i'll give you three okay so uh first of all digital clones uh that was one earlier in the day today space-based data cities data cities not data centers but space-based data cities and digital circuitry made of dna Okay. That's a show in right. itself right there. It is. Wow. Okay. I'm, I'm eager to hear because you haven't told me about these things. I'm, I'm eager to hear. Paul Benson, what's your one, two, or three words? So what I have today is 
AI cyber threats and a deep fake corporate heist. All right. That's fascinating. Bo Davison, what about you? What did you hear out there? On before? the on the diversity, equity, and inclusive landscape, the phrase I heard was embedded performance. And then in a very fascinating session on wearables, things that we will, will wear and on our faces and hands, spatial computing. That is the, the, the vision for 2024 and beyond, spatial computing. All right. For me, uh, the phrase that, that's hit me the most today was digital employees. And uh, when they first when they first said it, I thought that they were talking about humans working in digital technology, like digital marketing. But they're actually talking about digital employees. So we'll talk about these things uh, throughout today's program, and uh, also later in in today's true news, uh, Paul and, and Bo and I stopped by the uh, flying taxi that we, we mentioned yesterday. And also we stopped by the model of the flying car and uh, we'll, we'll give you, let's just get a sneak peek of these two vehicles that they claim are going to be introduced very soon. I, I believe on the flying taxi. I, I believe that one. I don't believe it on the flying car, but we'll tell you why later. Okay. So doc, let's start with you. Uh, you gave us three uh, really big, topics uh let's pick one which one do you want to start with well i'll start with uh let's start with the space-based data cities that that to me that's one of the biggest things but the dna circuitry is big too but let's start with that one of the big issues that they have with uh building these huge data centers around the country and everything is the uh, uh the energy that's required to manage to maintain them to keep them cool to uh because you'll have thousands and thousands, maybe millions of servers within just one data center, and it takes incredible amounts of energy to operate that and to and to keep it cool because they generate a lot of heat. And so one presenter that I heard today made the case that in the very near future, you could actually see not data warehouses or data centers, but data cities in space powered by the sun. And, of course, kept cool by the coldness of space. And the data that is accumulated on Earth would be literally <laughs> above the clouds, if you will, in data cities. And if you can imagine, you and I, we have seen data centers around the country. Usually there can be anything from 50 to 100,000 square foot warehouse size facility. Well, imagine uh, several of those connected together to make a data city that is operated by remote from the surface of the earth, powered by the sun. And uh, uh, it, it, it's an incredible concept, but the plans are already in the works to start putting data centers themselves in space in the very near future. And that provides global access for data rather than uh, sequestered like in a specific geographic area. So that's that's one concept that I heard uh, with so the concept. Doc, wait a minute. Uh, I want to ask some questions. Uh, sure. Uh, and then we'll, we'll go around uh, the, the panel and, and take one at a time. So they're actually talking about physical hardware in space. Yes. Because right yeah. now when we talk about it in the cloud, it's it's not physically in the clouds. It's 
it's it's in a server. Um, but you're saying that they're going to build data centers in outer space. Yes, uh, they are planning to do that. And that solves a whole bunch of problems for them. Energy, uh, both to operate servers and the energy that's necessary to keep those servers cool. Uh, by having them in space, it solves both uh, issues there. And it actually opens up the opportunity for a third one in the sense that you have uh, hemispheric access to a single center. And it really is a quite the impressive concept there. Okay, Doc, I, I don't want to over-spiritualize this, but a thought that came into my mind while you were talking uh, man is putting all of his collective knowledge in in the heavenlies. Yes. Oh, that didn't escape my th- thinking either. Where, where are we going? What What are your thoughts? Well, I where we we'll, I will ascend to the heavens. I will be like the Most High. That's that's, that's what I that's was thinking. Exact, you and I are thinking the same. That's exactly what I was thinking. Man is putting all of his knowledge. It's in the heavenlies. What they're, what they're really seeking, and I don't know if they know it themselves. I'm talking about the leaders of technology, the leaders of the world. I don't know if they consciously know it. I think some do. I, I think that they are searching for the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And that someday, someday we're going to be told that scientists have cracked the God code and that they have opened up a portal into all of the, not only all of the information, but the source of all information. And they're going to tell, they're going to tell mankind, we have, we have hacked the brain of God. We've hacked God's brain. We've gotten inside. We have, we, we have the tree of, the knowledge of good and evil. We've got it. I think that's where they're going with it. Now, I, I look. I don't believe that they can hack God's brain. So don't 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 uh, misquote me on this. But I think they're going to tell the world someday they've done it. That that um, all knowledge has come from a machine. We and, have, we've made God, and He is in our image. Yes. Yes, they're they're going to they're going to tell the world that they have they've discovered. Uh, I'll tell you where this goes. Where I'm getting this uh, DNA. So the scientists are saying the whole world is is you know it's run by by DNA. It's it's DNA is coding. What we have to do is find the machine that made the code and and hack it. Just get inside of it, and then we have. We have the answers to the universe, everything. We know how the universe was made. We well, can make ir- a new in- yeah, Go ahead. No, I was going to say, and ironically, I was in another session where they are, uh, to flip it on the other side, is they're proposing using constructed DNA from the lab as circuitry for future data servers. Because DNA, any DNA, but human DNA contains so much information just in the, the, the 23 chromosome pairs of chromosomes that we have that uh, uh, they are postulating using DNA 
as the uh, uh, storage space for data that we've accumulated. It's mind blowing. And Doc, I've also come across the, the, the concept of DNA or, or protein, um, protein manufacturing, protein industry, uh, where items, um, they will be, they will be constructing items through protein. Yes. And I don't, this is so far above my pay grade. I don't even know where this is going. Um, Paul, now you, you mentioned uh, two things. I want to go on one, uh, cyber attacks. What was the most, what was the most uh, eye-opening thing you heard today about cyber attacks? So I'm, I'm referring to uh, the specific session I went to. It was called AI Enhanced Cyber Defense Against AI-Driven Threats. So mm -hmm. we're entering a world now where uh, bad actors will use AI to enhance their attacks on various infrastructure or whatever they, whatever they are planning to do. But then... Uh, another flip side of it is how the defenders will also be using AI to defend against these attacks. So you have both sides now preparing for war, essentially. Um, and this could also be be led into different nations, uh, you know, uh, with 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 cyber threats uh, in wartime, um, which is why AI plays such a critical role. Uh, there's a whole nother level layer to this. Um, when so, you Paul, start you thinking saying, about, are you saying that uh, we're headed towards AI wars? Exactly. Yes. And ironically enough, I couldn't have planned this out better. Um, I was sitting there and, and they, they introduced the speaker today. Um, and it was an, uh, an IDF, uh, major. So, uh, uh apparently it started when they were in the, in the nineties. Uh, and so the speaker was, uh, you know, he had got an Israel National Defense Award and uh, was very knowledgeable on AI. Um, and in this show, we've even talked about um, how AI uh, speculated that AI is being used in, in war times. Um, and here I am sitting, listening to them, you know, kind of explain how, how this is all playing out. Um, so to get into some of the specifics briefly, um, you know, we've heard of DDoS attacks where hackers typically would, when they're planning an attack, they were able to do one of two things. They were able to do a DDoS attack, which was just, it's kind of wide. It can affect a wide network, but you can't really target what you're doing. It just kind of causes problems, right? Um, but then on the flip side, they can do very focused attacks, but it's just a pinpoint. It just can, can, can take out you know one system now with ai what they're able to do is automate and scale so they're able to automate a lot of the the attacks so they can do it on you know times a hundred times a thousand times ten thousand and then they can also bring things up to scale on on the flip side they're also able to have um a ton of accuracy with their attacks so uh with using with using AI, essentially they are upping the game in in this in this uh, world of attacks. What this means for us, 
um, you know, is, is that in the, in the coming years, we could be really seeing some major problems uh, in, in the uh, world of computing, in networks going down, um, in exploits, uh, private information being leaked. Um, if, if the defenders aren't able to keep up with the threats, uh, last point I'll make, they're also concerned about AI essentially being creative and coming up with new exploits that the defenders haven't even thought of. Um, so this is causing uh, um, a lot of headaches in the cybersecurity world. Uh, everyone is scrambling to, uh, in every major sector, but specifically in, in cybersecurity, they are scrambling to learn how to use, utilize AI to keep everyone safe. So, Paul, in warfare, I mean, obviously, all those things that you said uh, would be included in warfare. But did they go into details like uh, AI attacks on infrastructure, such as uh, uh, electricity, communications, water utilities? Did they talk about those kind of things? Absolutely. They, they, they went and they didn't go into specific detail on how those things would happen. They went into detail on how they're, they're looking to defend it. Um, what they did go into detail was, uh, as far as, as corporate systems, see, you know, what we're hearing about now is that to use AI when, and they're saying everyone's going to have to use AI and these, these larger businesses, you're going, you have to give your data to AI to achieve what you need. And, um, one of the ways that, that hackers will attempt to get that data is that they're going to have to manipulate AI. So uh, they're looking into ways to essentially, uh, you know, pretend that the, the user, the administrator, who has that access to their artificial intelligence, essentially they're going to be uh, giving those prompts to AI to trick AI, to um, twist AI's arm to get that data out. So those are, those are some of the concerns um, that they're they're dealing with. Wow. Okay. Whoa. You you mentioned um, spatial computing. Yes. What what is it? What is spatial computing? Okay. So spatial computing. Uh, the, the first uh, person who spoke, who is considered the godmother of the metaverse, is a lady named Kathy Hackle. Uh, she works for a company called Spatial Dynamics, and so spatial computing refers to the th it's a 3D form of computing that blends virtual content into the physical world. That's the simplest definition of it. So it's about changing human to human communications and human to computer interactions. So it's that aha moment, basically. Um, Tim Cook, of course, the, uh, the head of Apple right now, said the era of spatial computing is here. Now, specifically what he's talking about is the Apple Vision Pro. Some of you have seen this. It's a device that goes over your head. You look through it and you're blending the virtual and the physical world. So this area of technology is very fascinating because the technology is about to be on your hands and on your face. So the evolution of this, Rick, is it's gone from personal computing to mobile computing. That's what we do on our phones now to spatial computing. That's the metaverse and the new devices that extend tech beyond our screen. So this is a 3D form of computing that's blending virtual content into the physical world. So the next big thing in AI, really, because we've heard AI all over this conference, is the convergence of physical and virtual. And then what we're talking about specifically are wearables. So these are things you're going to wear on yourself, whether it's 
smart glasses, that's going to be a big innovation or things like the AI pen. That's something like where my pocket square is. You could attach to this. It will record and it will monitor things that are in front of you in real time. Now, there's a practical application for some of these things. Um, one of the executives said that she recorded her dad reading a book for her kids. They're not old enough to appreciate it yet. So down the road, she's going to be able to play back a video in real time in 3D of that particular recording. I think that's a fascinating way to do things, especially mm -hmm. if you have a, a parent or grandparent that may not be around on this earth for too long. Um, generation Alpha. I've never heard this term before. That's the new generation. My son is now in this since he was just born. Generation Alpha is 2010 to, to baby still being born now. What happens in the virtual world, Rick, is very real to Generation Alpha. So the future, they say, looks spatial. We're talking autonomous vehicles, holograms, robots, and humans all coexisting in this same ecosystem. So 2024, they say, is the year of vision. And this is where you talk about the concept of a digital twin. That is where AI, imagine this wearable, telling you, Rick, hey, there's a pothole up ahead. Watch out for this. Or there's a car approaching. Take heed of this. Or maybe it's watching a food you're about to eat. And it's got peanuts in it and you've got a terrible peanut allergy and it tells you ahead of time, hey, don't eat that. I find that practically to be a very good application of this technology. But I have to mention this. One of the executives said what keeps her up at night is the notion of virtual air rights. So when you start to wear devices, this personal, the air around you becomes real estate. And so the question becomes who owns that real estate? And if you're in your own house, shouldn't you be able to own that space around you. I thought that was a fascinating aspect of this wearable technology. Explain what you just said about the space around you. Okay. What do you mean? So, so because you're wearing devices that are computing the space around you in real time, you're now talking about real estate that's around you. You would say that it's your personal device, but your personal devices are capturing all the space around you. When you're in your own home, it's computing that data in real time. The whole point of 5G and as we go to 5.5 and 6G is that the latency is decreasing so that it's happening in real time so that you're about to trip. It's letting you know that, you know, we've talked about wearables, things you can wear in your bracelet, you know, that will uh, take your blood pressure. This is advanced beyond that. This is thinking for you. This is a little bit of minority report. So her it was a concept I'd never heard before of this aerial real estate around you. And her question was, and she doesn't know the answer, who owns that real estate? Because if it's not you, then who? So someone's going to be getting into what you might call virtual real estate around you because these devices are capturing that real estate. Okay. That's uh, <laughs> it's a lot. That's uh, yeah, that's a, that's a topic for lawyers, but I will, but I do want to add this lawyers too. This be, is, this is lawyers are going to be battling this out. Oh yeah. On who owns the virtual real estate around yes. you. Yes. All right, yes. go ahead. Under, 100%. No, the last point I want to make about the, these devices is imagine this broadcast we're in right now. We're in boxes, right? This was something that the Huawei, the spinoff of Huawei uh, mm -hmm. Honor device company talked about yesterday. Imagine your audience watching this show right now. And rather than us being in flat boxes, take your phone and flip it up. It's now holograms. And imagine the four of us in a circle around the viewer in a 3D hologram. That's where it's headed within a very short amount of time. Wait a minute. You heard them talk about holographic phones? Absolutely. That's where it's going to be headed. They can't do it now. They've got the technology to create the hologram. They don't have the technology quite yet to put it on your device. So they're already talking about iPhone 16, 17, 18, the next projection of 
of the image of the video is now going to be in 3D. So we're talking, Rick, about 3D virtual calls. FaceTime will be 3D. That's going to be the next big innovation in AI as it relates to holographic well, fa technology. FaceTime will be obsolete. Well, whatever it is, whatever technology we'll be <laughs> yes. using will be 3D. I'm just saying, yeah. imagine your viewers I, right I now being able to see the saying. four of us set yeah. in 3D. I know. I'm just saying that's how fast <laughs> FaceTime exactly. will become obsolete. There'll be a new technology. Uh, did they, anybody in the panel give a, a projected date of when they expect to see holographic phones in use? No, I just know when they started talking about iPhones, they acted as though it, it's in the next generation, either in the next generation or the one right after that. So we're talking, I would say, within two to three years. So they are, again, they already, they already have the technology. Yeah, they already talk, I mean, we already know the 3D holographic technology is there. The difference is they can create the technology. It's about what device you're watching it on. How do you perceive that technology? So they've got to create the device to be able to see it. They can project it. It's just about what you can actually see. We can see a 3D world on the screen in a way, but we're talking about it jumping out of the screen and becoming 3D spatially aware around you. So when you make a call, when you make a call, the person is going to be in the room with you. Yes. And we're even talking saying? about things. Yeah. And, and we're even talking about things like virtual nannies, you know, people wearing devices and be able, being able to have a haptic feedback to having a nanny in the room with your child. I mean, this is the other ele element of wearables is the tactile component. People who can't feel, they're wanting that feeling. So it's this blending of physical and virtual worlds. That's why it's such an interesting technology, some of which is for great application. Okay, you, are you, you mentioned virtual na nanny. Uh, I know we, we mm -hmm. were discussing it this morning at breakfast. Are you the person yeah. that brought it up? Or was it okay? Yes, so it was me. What were they talking about, a virtual nanny? I don't know 100% because it was done by uh, one of the execs at, which is an Honor Device Company, which again is that offshoot of um, Huawei. They put it up in a graphic, which we have. I sent it to Doc and the audience can take a look at this and see what their display graphic was. The, the explanation of it wasn't exactly clear. I think they were talking about the technology that's coming. So, and we're okay. even talking about, you know, of course, robotic technology, but, but again, the blending of virtual and physical world, that's what they're seeing as the future. Uh, but with a virtual nanny, so where we're going in the future, children are going, they're not going to have a human uh, watching over them. There's going to be a, a virtual, an avatar, a, a holographic yeah. um, image that's going to be communicating with the children well and don't we, and don't we kind of do that now i mean look at kids uh when you're out at uh, at dinner and they've got an ipad in front of them uh if they're out in the playground they're not on the swings they're they're on their device they're already being nanified by digital technology rick yeah they've been conditioned for it and another a, another image too was was a hologram of a teacher sitting next to a child teaching him so that's another vision they have as part of this technology is there's no teacher in the room there is a hologram of the teacher sitting next to the child having him read the book and and, and teaching it but the person's uh, again, not there that was uh, the uh, china telecom yes yes uh, uh okay. honor device company so um uh huawei yeah so china telecom is the the national uh, yes. phone carrier for for china um all right, Doc, you mentioned a third 
item at the beginning of the program? You gave us yes. two. What's the third one? Well, the third one was digital clones, and we've kind of already had a little taste of this. Remember a few years back where they were talking about taking, let's say your Uncle Buck passed away, and they would uh, take all the data that he has generated through social media, through text messaging, through uh, emails and things like that, and they would create what we would call a digital twin. And basically, it would make a, a digital version, a digital copy of you uh, or Uncle Buck or whoever it is, and even integrate uh, Uncle Buck's voice so you could have a conversation with him and everything after he's passed away. Okay, that's that's stories from two or three years ago. But now, Rick, they're moving into the idea of digital clones. Now, what's the difference between a digital twin and a digital clone? Well, digital twin is just a, a mirrored image of your digital footprint that you created. What a digital clone is, is it marries it with AI and creates a persona, a personality that in all essence is you at, with the digital breadcrumbs that you've left behind. So, uh, and we were kind of chatting about this a little bit earlier, Rick. Imagine you could be at the house you know, uh, taking care of Miss Susan or writing a book, but your digital clone could be operating in the metaverse and cyberspace and managing the business side of ministry. And uh, as you update your digital information, that would be copied over to your digital clone. And it could come to a day where people wouldn't know whether they're talking to the real Rick Wiles or the clone of Rick Wiles? That's fascinating, and, Doc. And they're, I, and they're doing this in order to... Yeah, we've heard numbers here, Rick, that within two or three years, maybe 30% of the workforce of some industries will be digital employees. People that they don't even exist in the real world. They only yes. exist within the digital realm. Yes. Now that was that was the, uh, the 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 words that I heard today that that captured my attention. Digital employees. I've been thinking about it all day. I heard it this morning in a session, and uh, the session was not about digital employees. One of the panelists just said it kind of uh, off the side in his remarks, and the way he said it was this. I'm going to paraphrase it. He said. You know, speaking to the audience, you know that within 24 months, all companies will have human employees and digital employees. And I, that's when I set up in my seat to listen. Um, because at first, I thought he's, he's talking about, when you say digital employees, you're talking about you know, somebody employed in digital marketing in uh, social media these are digital uh, careers that's not what they're talking about he said within 24 months he didn't say five to ten years away from now he said in 24 months he didn't even say two years he, he made it very specific in 24 months all when he says all he's talking about all major companies all major companies will have two classes of employees. 
human employees and digital employees. So that got me on a uh, path to find out what, what is this man referring to? So a digital employee will be a, a virtual non-human employee who will do certain tasks in your company that you ordinarily would hire a human to do, but you will turn this in, these tasks over to a virtual employee. The virtual employee will actually have a face, a voice, a persona. We're not talking about a bot. Virtual employees are not bots. You will, you will actually have communication with your non-human employees, and they will assist you. Um, you know, the more I thought about it, the more I was liking the idea. Uh, I, I started thinking about all the tasks that I have to do every day, and I don't have time to do it. But it, it's those, it's those mundane tasks that eat up the hours of your day. And if you if you had an assistant, a digital employee who was taking care of all those things for you more efficiently than a human. Right. Uh, yeah. No mistakes. More efficiently than a human. Uh, taking care of your calendar, your appointments, your obligations. Um, just literally becoming your personal assistant. I, I, that's just one example of a virtual employee, a personal assistant. Every, every business executive knows how important it is to have a personal assistant on your staff, somebody that is assigned to you, the CEO, to make sure that the CEO's time is not being wasted and that the CEO can be focused on, on the bigger issues of the organization. Well, Rick, I think a it, human. Yeah, go ahead, Doc. I, I think it's going to go even further than that. Within, if that's two, if that's twenty-four months away, then within five years, we're going to have these digital personas at middle management and maybe even in the, the C-suite yes. at the executive level managing human beings. Yes, they yes, will be yes. managing humans and other digital personalities. So, Doc, I. Uh, you know, I got an idea. Uh, you, you walked up. Uh, I'm sitting there with uh, Paul and Bo. You walked up and took a seat with us. And, and I told you my idea. And, and it was, okay, somebody's going to start a, a virtual employee human resource company, a, a, a staffing company. Like when you need temporaries or a headhunter company. So if, you, if, if a corporation needs to fill a, an important position, they will uh, retain what we call a headhunter. It's, it's a personal personnel recruiting company. Or if you just need temporary employees, you'll go to a temp agency. And so I told you guys, I said, this is going to be a new business. Uh, there will be companies that will offer temporary virtual employees and there will be companies that will offer permanent, full-time virtual employees. And I thought, man, I'm on to something. This, this is going to be huge breakthrough. So I got a chance. Yeah, and, to and, and, and customize for what you need. Do you need a 
Do you need a sales rep that's making phone calls? Hey, just pull that guy off the shelf there. Plug him in. Do you well, need a a mark? Do you need a marketing manager? Put pull that digital personality off the shelf and plug him in. That's right. So, Doc, I while I was still uh, elated that I had come up with a a business concept that nobody had thought about, I had that I had that uh, emotional high for about five minutes, and then I discovered that. IBM is already doing it. You can go to IBM right now and you can rent or buy virtual employees from IBM. Wow. Amazing. They're already available off the shelf, off the shelf employees. You can buy the employees off the shelf from IBM. This this totally blew my mind because even in tasks that, that we do at the office, right? A cutting edge employee right now is one that can utilize AI to become more productive in their tasks and things that were tedious that we would spend all this time doing. And a couple of years, we'll be simply having meetings with AI that will use AI and all of that data. And yeah, and I, I agree with Doc's point about becoming C-level suite because imagine they're trying to surpass human intelligence with these with with AI. So imagine you could give it a question and it can look at all the data points and calculate something like that where I might say, I'm gonna need a few days to come back and, and run all these reports and let you know AI's got it right there. Pretty interesting. I'm Jake, but my friends call me Moose Shaw. I'm a blacksmith and I like to work with my hands. I watch True News, and it's apparent to me that we are in World War III, and the U.S. is very unstable. I have faith in God, but He expects us to use our brains and our hands to prepare for troubled times. There are two things we need, food and water. That's why I buy my supplies from AmericanReserves.com. American Reserves offers easy-to-prepare chicken and beef meals, pastas, soups, and vegetables that only need boiling water. You can purchase the world-famous British Burkefield gravity-fed water filters equipped with Dalton ceramic candles and other emergency supplies at AmericanReserves.com. My family's security is critical to me. Something big is coming. Procrastination could be costly. Act today before a crisis suddenly appears. Be ready. Be wise. Go to AmericanReserves.com. American Reserves is offering a 15% discount to all True News supporters in the month of February. Enter True News in the promo code box at checkout. American Reserves also offers free shipping on all U.S. orders $199 or more. Do not procrastinate. Act now. 15% discount ends on February 29th. Deep, disruptive innovation happens at the frontier between technologies. We are the pioneers, the explorers, the rule breakers, and society makers. I am pleased to confirm that ChatGPT did not write this keynote. Ladies and gentlemen, we have the power to change the world. 
This requires a very big mindset shift. We are surrounded by people that are launching cutting-edge new products. So many people from around the world coming together to unleash the power of technology. I believe that we are at the beginning of a new era of exploration. Welcome to the data-driven future. Rick, I wonder what company it will be, what what global corporation it will be that will announce its first AI CEO. Well, actually, there was one. I don't think it's a big company, but there. I, I read one last year that the uh, the owner of the company hired a, a virtual CEO and turned the management of his company over to, a, a, you know, an avatar. An, an artificially intelligent avatar to run the company. So it, in the very near future, and I'm talking about the next 24 months, some of you are going to be competing with non-human employees for your job. Folks, this is why we're here. This is one of the reasons we are here to give you a heads up on how fast the world is changing and you're not going to stop it. Uh, this, this train left the station. It is moving fast. There's a lot of power behind it. And the question is, how do you roll with the punches? How do you accommodate the changes? How do you get out in front and lead? and not be run over by it. So you've got to be, you have to know where it's headed, where the world is headed so that you can stay a couple steps ahead and remain employed. So you've got to learn AI. You've got to learn how to use AI. The companies, the employees that know how to use AI are not going to lose their jobs in the near future. It's going to be the employees who refuse to learn AI who are going to be replaced by AI. That's what I'm seeing. Um, <clears throat> I only got a few minutes. So uh, we, uh, we took, uh, um, you know, yesterday's program, we were talking about flying taxis and flying cars. And I, I went to a session about the flying taxis. And this is a very very realistic very legitimate business model um the when i call them flying taxis look it's an electric helicopter all right it's all it is it's an electric helicopter with about six blades six rotors uh run on electrical batteries uh no no uh gasoline engine five passengers one human one human pilot but the, the, the drone is flown by itself, but the human is there just in case there's an emergency. The first uh, city that's going to introduce it will be Dubai. And that will be in 2026. Maybe they, they think they will actually have it up and operating in 2025, but the general public will be introduced to it in 26. And the company that's building these drones, uh, 
is called Roby, R-O-B-Y. And a lot of these uh, telecoms, Doc, are investors in Roby. So is Uber. Uber is an investor in Roby. They raised about $2 billion. Really? Yes. So another country, Doc, you'll be interested in this, South Korea, SK Telecom, South Korea Telecom, is going into the uh, flying taxi business. I can believe uh, this, that, yes. This is another thing that we're learning here is that the telecoms are going to expand beyond phone services. They want to get into all these other services that will be running off of their 5G, 6G, 7G connectivity. And there's and so, a couple reasons. There's a couple reasons for that because telecom revenues are actually declining. They're not going up. And so they've got to branch out in these other industries that support their baseline product. That's right. So South Korea Telecom is going to be introducing flying taxis in South Korea next year, 2025. And they are also working with Roby and South Korea Telecom is an investor in the Roby Aviation Company. So uh, Paul and I and, and, and Bo, we walked over to the one of the exhibit displays. We're going to show you right now what this uh, flying taxi looks like. So let's let's take a look at the video. Hey, Faith and Values family, uh, Rick Wiles with Bo Davison. We're at Mobile World Congress 2024 in Barcelona, Spain, and uh, we are we're in hall number three, and we're on our way to see a flying car. It's something I've always wanted to see, and my understanding is it's right over here. So we're going to take a walk and. Come up here and do a little bit of this Check this out. But it will have a human life. Uh, we're not at the stage of development that they're going to governments are going to allow drones to transport human beings without a human operator. So there will be human pilot, but the drone will be flying itself, and the, the pilot will only step in if there's an emergency. So um, we're looking at what uh, one, two, three. Uh, no, uh, no pollution. 
and it doesn't have it doesn't have a hundred thousand moving parts, which is what a helicopter is. A helicopter is a hundred thousand moving parts going in the same direction. Okay, so this is a much simpler design, and um, I guess the question you have to ask is, when will this actually become implemented? Dubai in 2026, two years. So they're, they're building the airports now. I think they're building six airports in the city of Dubai. It's going to be limited transportation in the beginning, uh, getting people from, say, a downtown to a major airport or, um, you know, any place where there's a large number of vehicles going. They're going to try to cut down the, the uh, concentration of vehicles on the streets and roads. But what I heard yesterday is this in Dubai is cutting a 45-minute trip to six minutes. Oh. Incredible. The cost, I don't know. What's it going to cost to, to ride in this thing in the beginning? Obviously, it's, it's not going to be... Price um, the price point is going to be for the wealthy in the beginning. But by the, by the 2030s, this will be common in many cities. And, um, you know, just as... You know, back in the 30s and 40s, you had the, the yellow cab company. Yeah. You're going to have you're going to have drone companies in, in every city. So your cab will be a flight. And something I learned yesterday from all these this drone technologies, BVLOS, Beyond Vision Line of Sight, that's the acronym that's used. So rather than the regulation that exists for FAA, any of the governing bodies, the regulatory authorities, is that they have to prove it's safe to fly something beyond their vision, but a pilot still has to control the vision. And that, that's the reason for 5G, one of the reasons. They, they can't do this without 5G, and they can't do drone delivery until every square inch of the country is covered. Because the drone won't know where it's going. If it gets outside of the 5G range, it won't know where it's at. So, um, anybody who says that there's going to be package delivery by drone in the next year, it's not, that's not accurate. It's going to take time. Now, in the cities, they could start doing it. But we're not even, we're not close to seeing the skies build and build. That, that's not going to happen. So, where we're headed next is that there's a session on flying cars. This is a this is a basically a drone helicopter to me. Um, but there is there's a company here that says it's building a flying automobile. Have you seen the model? Yes. Okay. So that's where we're going. We'll see you later. Okay. So the flying taxi. I'm a believer in this. This is a real business. It's going to happen. You're going to see flying taxis in the very near future. The next one to two years, certain cities will have flying taxis. Uh, they're basically drones carrying human passengers. Now, there is another company here that claims it is going to be offering flying automobiles. I'm not a believer in this one. Not yet. Maybe later when I see a presentation from the owner. Uh, but we're going to show you, we, we walked over to their display, and uh, this is what we saw. Okay, so Bo and I are now standing in front of the model of the Aleph flying car. 
And I gotta be honest with you, I'm skeptical on this one. I, I believe the drone, the drone's gonna happen. I'm not sure about this one. And I'll tell you why. Alright, so. I've been waiting on my jetpack and flying car since I was in first grade school. They've been promising me, I was told by my first grade teacher that I would have a, a jetpack. I would be going to school on a jet, with a jetpack. I'd, I'd be riding around in a flying car. That was, that was in the late 50s, early 60s, okay? I still don't have a jetpack. And I don't, I don't see any flying cars. So I'm a little skeptical about this. The drones I buy, I believe that, it's yeah. going to happen. But this seems out of reach. This seems in the near future. Yeah. You I, I'm not saying 25, 30, 40 years from now, but I don't see this happening in the next five years. If you told me that in the past, maybe uh, we'll come up with a company that kind of promise in that place. This is the disgust. Yes, this is uh, the blue sky. So, that's literally blue sky. I think we're both curious. I'm going to go. I might eat my words. I might come out of that session and say, you know what? He does have a serious problem. I might be totally wrong. But my, when I first saw it a couple days ago, I just chuckled and said, sure. You know, that makes a nice display. But I don't think anybody's going to be riding in that thing across the sky in the coming years. Not for a long, long time. Because what he's showing in the promotional video is like highways in the sky. Like bumper to bumper. <laughs> bumper to bumper congested flying cars. I don't think it's going to happen. The thing that I've been hearing discussions about these types of cars, really drones that matter, is that the regulators, FAA being one of them, they don't want a model. They want proof. And they need for the, the, the operator to provide real-time proof that it's safe. Do you want to you want to look up and see 20, 30 cars flying over your house? Personally, no. That's what I mean. But the, because what you're doing now is spatially, you're increasing your danger by twofold. It's now not just horizontal, it's vertical. You have a crash. So that's that's double the danger. So anyhow, we're going to go. We're going to get. There's an educational session later today. Uh, Bo and I and Paul Benson. We're going to go to the session. Listen to the owner, the inventor. I, I might come out of it, eating my words and saying, you know what? He's got a plan. It's a real business model. It's going to happen. But my first impression is. This literally is <laughs> What we're not seeing yet, if you pull up, you pan around and show this drone. This is this is to, for tunnels. So, um, like if you got a Hamas tunnel in your background, in your backyard, so a coal mine, um, underground tunnels. This is what that drone is designed for. But my point being, you see demos of this, they're not showing that thing hovering in the air. Yeah, why? Yeah. So, people want to see That's right. Show me, show me the car in the air. That's right. Okay, that's it. We'll see you later. See you. All right, Bo, uh, if you were going to invest uh, money into either the flying taxi or the flying automobile, which one do you think is going to succeed? I, I have to concur with you and say the flying taxi is a lot more practical. 
I think there's less danger, less risk, probably less regulation of it than a flying car. Um, you know, I think it remains to be seen, as you have said, that they've got to demonstrate the safety and the operation of the flying car. But I will just say this. I think we're at an inflection point, Rick, where where you, you know, you think about the Jetsons and the flying car that, you know, where mm-hmm. TV and film depicted something that, let's be honest, never came to pass. I right. think we're at the inflection point now where movies and television have depicted that which is going to come to pass and within a realistic lifespan. Mm-hmm. How about you, Doc? Which one are you going to go with? Oh, I'm going to, I, hey, I'm, I grew up on the Jetsons. I got to believe in the flying car before I die, Rick. <laughs> okay, but in the next two to three years, which one? Well, obviously the flying taxi is probably going to, especially if players like, uh, uh, you know, if you're seeing uh, money, Middle East money being poured into this, yeah, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you, Paul? What do you think? Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go with the taxi, too. I mean, I was able to see it. Um, I wanted to ask you, Rick, do you think that you would ever get in one of these when it's actually operational? Yeah, I would, because I love flying. Oh, yeah, I would, too. Yeah, That'd I would. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. I'll get in anything that flies. All right. So yeah, that's not going to scare me. I like it. Um, so, yeah. I Rick, Rick what do that. you think the price point? What do you think the first flight, uh, how much it's going to cost? Oh, well, if you're talking a short distance, I mean, they're basically these are inner city you know flying from let's say the downtown to an airport i'm i'm going to say it's probably a 500 dollar ticket mm. you're looking at a five to ten minute flight uh this is definitely going to be people of high net worth that are going to be using these vehicles in the early days until they get it yeah. uh, stretched across the uh, entire country but in the beginning it's going to be people business executives uh, who need to get across the city quickly, and uh, a $500 taxi ride won't be a problem. Hey, we're yeah. out of time. we got to wrap yeah. it up. Uh, appreciate everybody watching us today. We will be back. We've got two more days from Mobile World Congress, Barcelona, Spain. We love you. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless you. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.